0: Good morning.
1: Woo. We're a hot
0: now.
2: Good, good morning. Good morning. Welcome to Men's Roundtable. Good. My name's Joe Harlan. Glad you're here. Hey, Joe. Before Thank we start, know. let me take just a minute to honor our veterans. Woo-hoo. If you're a veteran, please stand.
0: <laughs> Remember the Alamo. <laughs>
3: Go, David Crockett.
2: <laughs> you know, they say a leader is in an effectiveness of a leader is indicated by the number of arrows in his back. In my case, it's just jokers behind him. <laughs> veterans, <laughs> how do we even begin to say thank you? How do we begin to say thank you? For the sacrifices you made. For the sacrifices your family made. Thank you. Thank you.
1: Mm-hmm. Amen.
2: Guys, we're doing a series <coughs> and I I gotta admit when i, when I when I first became friends with Phil, um, after I went through the trauma of initial counseling, I thought he was a genius.
4: long. You were
0: bad off,
1: brother. Tell it, Joe. Tell it. Tell it. He is just yeah, one idea. of
2: the... <laughs> tell it, Joe. He is just one of the luckiest <laughs> plagiarizing fools <laughs> I know. know. <laughs> uh, And it's scary because I do. All jokes aside, I do believe Phil is a true Christian, and I believe (laughs) Christian. Let's get that out there. Uh And there's there's that there's that fine line between God providing and having faith that God will provide and just being a flat out fool.
3: Welcome to men's round. <laughs> I'm so glad you're here.
2: What an, introduction. So what an introduction. So living in faith, you have a slide for Deer Camp, yeah, I hope. Yes, yeah, we do. Deer Camp coming up this weekend. You know, I had somebody recently, I'm not going to call his name because he's here in this room, maybe, uh, who called me and said, hey, I got a friend that wants to go to Deer Camp. Can you can you tell me a little bit about it? Because I think he'd be a I think he'd be a, a, a real candidate for Deer Camp and, and, and somebody that would get a lot out of it. Go to deer camp yourself. Yeah. Then you can tell him. But my busy schedule just doesn't allow me to take a weekend off. You're right.
1: Go anyway.
2: You're right. You know, we've got this series on bringing Jesus. And I say, Phil, it's just lucky sometimes because I did a series about Marine Jesus around Veterans Day. And how is it that your schedule is so busy that you can't make it to deer camp you don't have a hard time sometimes making it here or making that family commitment or just living life as a man? It's because there are two powers and I'm not talking about what I'm being your wife, there are two powers <laughs> that are much stronger than us. the Heavenly Father, And the fallen angel. And if you don't think the fallen angel of the enemy has a power over you, then just keep walking and keep doing what you're doing because you'll figure out one time that you are in the middle of a war. Warfare is all around you. And you're just a pawn in it. Welcome to Men's Roundtable. Tuesday night, Two-Gun Tactical. <laughs> Men will be gathering there. I invite you to come and be a part of that group on Tuesday night. Deer Camp is this weekend. If you want to sign up, uh, go to BPO's webpage. with a place that you can sign up there. Registration is there. Spots are still available. On Deer Camp itself, um, we have a, a fundraising campaign that we've started. Bill, I had somebody walk over at lunch the other day and ask me where to mail the check. That was great news. Over to the mayor. Yeah. <laughs> However, there are things that we can do as a group of men that can help. And I'm making, I'm making a plea. We've had guys in the past. And I talked to one of them yesterday. And I were trying to put our heads together and see if we could help build with some equipment, trying to do some clearing, trying to get a parking area. We've got guys that can be up on Saturday. You can't even get to the housing area of Deer Camp. You've got to park out on the road, around the corner sometimes. It's church property where I park. And it's okay, you can walk and get there. But we want it to be more inviting. There is an immediate need to get a parking area cleared out. If you happen to have some equipment, know somebody has equipment, know a deer camp alumni who has some equipment, looking for a tricot, mini excavator, something that can take down some smaller trees to clear out an area, push them aside, maybe it'll burn them, cut them up for firewood, but just be able to get them down so that we can expand the parking. That is an immediate need that we would like to see done Maybe through some volunteers and not something that we've got a contract to pay for. It would just stretch the money a little bit farther and that would be really great help. If you think you might be able to offer some assistance in that, see me, see Phil, we'll try to get y'all together. Let me offer a little of a prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for this day. Lord, we thank you for our veterans. For the families of veterans. For the fathers here who have sons that are veterans. Those individuals that have made a sacrifice beyond what those of us that are not veterans will ever understand. They do it humbly, Lord. They do it not asking for recognition. Lord, they fought to keep our country free. So that we may worship you with no restrictions. To keep our families free. To save us from human terror. Lord, we honor them today. Bless them. Bless Phil and Rome as they bring your message. In your name we you pray. Amen.
3: Thank you, Phil. I'm going to have a song that I want to uh, offer you um, as a way for God to open our hearts. So I the mean, music is an incredible... Uh, intervention. Uh, has been used since the beginning of time and King David uh, was the poet, warrior, uh, musician. It's a beautiful song uh, that I just uh, stumbled onto by Zach Williams. It's interesting in this series, I think we've used three or four Zach Williams songs and we're going to bring Dolly in uh, into this right. one this morning. Woo-hoo! Uh right. <laughs> <my> <laughs> <good. laughs> uh, but Dolly is uh, singing with Zach and he, I want to just read to you, uh, follow along with me, the words there on your handout, and uh, offer you uh, these words in the music of Zach Williams. Every time I try to make it on my own, every time I try to stand, I start to fall. All those lonely roads that I've traveled on, there was Jesus. When the life I built came crashing to the ground, when the friends I had were nowhere, to be found. I couldn't see it then, but I can see it now. There was Jesus. In the waiting, in the searching, in the healing, in the hurting, like a blessing buried in the broken pieces, every minute, every moment, where I've been or where I'm going, even when I didn't know or couldn't see it, there was Jesus. May you hear the voice of God and may He open
0: our hearts, the what he has for us is Every time I try to make it on my every time I try to stand, start to fall all those lonely roads that I traveled on There was Jesus When the life I built came crashing to the ground When the friends I had were nowhere to be found I couldn't see it then, but I can see it there was Jesus
3: amen 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 i'm so grateful that my heart is warmed by that song there was a time in my life and a time in your life that that song wouldn't have been a hill of beans Thank thank you jesus thank you jesus thank you jesus be on the alert stand firm in your faith. Act like men. Be strong. Words in 1 Corinthians 16, 13. (laughs) Follow with me as we read our introductory paragraph. Marine Jesus, He is with you always, just like your rifle. Sympathize, always faithful. To be a Marine means a daily commitment to live up to the highest standards. Being a Marine means to be ever accountable to the warrior ethos which adheres to these fundamental truths. Character counts, honesty is incorruptible, and integrity means everything. I'm gonna stop right there and just say this. You know, God first began to reveal himself in the Hebrew language. And it's really interesting how God chose Hebrew. I mean, he could have chosen Portuguese. I don't know anything about Portuguese, but I think God, being the creative God that He is, uh, chose Hebrew um, and then continued His revelation with Greek because Hebrew is a pictorial language. And when you study Hebrew, when I studied Hebrew, and at one time I could read Hebrew, right now I couldn't give you the Hebrew alphabet, you know, that was a long time ago. <laughs> Ron's got a book; that's on the front. End. Now, I did recognize when he brought this book up. He here, did, know, did I, you I know. I knew do. that was Hebrew. Yeah. I, I mean, at least you know, you, you got to give me that. I can't read any of it, but
2: I can recognize. <laughs> hey, that's Hebrew. That's
3: not Chinese, you know. So, you know, at least give me give me that credit. But one of the beauties uh, of Hebrew um, mm-hmm. is that when you're studying it, uh, you're using uh, the phrase "It is light." it is like consistently. And so it's very pictorial. It's, it's, it's kind of a children's language in a sense. It, it's like a coloring book. Um, and, and it's like, it's like, it's like, it's like. And so one of the reasons that we are doing this series is because we want to promote the Jesus that is like the Marine. In no way would I ever want to be disrespectful um, to uh, the name of Jesus. But Jesus has become, in our culture, soft um, and way too tolerant. Jesus was not tolerant at all. Do not proclaim Jesus is tolerant. He stood for truth. He came in grace and truth, Marine Jesus. <laughs> that <laughs> that, uh, that Jeff, Jeff did that. <laughs> right, that's I, right. I had nothing right. to do with that. Right. <laughs> so let's continue. So let's continue. Like a marine, we want to understand Jesus. We need our Christian commit uh, commitment to be more marine-like than what our culture has made Christian men to be. Jesus modeled a warrior-like character. When we discover his true character, we uncover the real Jesus. A true knowledge of Jesus is our greatest need and our greatest happiness. This study will help us be the men God designed us to be, men willing to initiate, take responsibility, and to fight for a cause greater than ourselves. Simbify, Marine Jesus. Mm. In honor of our veterans, and again, we appreciate and, and are grateful for your service, I'm envious. I've said oftentimes one of the greatest regrets of my life is I did not get to serve in the military. Gomer Pop. <laughs> without the uniform. At least Gomer was in was in the uniform. I was like I was more like Gomer without the uniform. Exactly. Um, but I want to um, um, show you a, a clip: soldiers and Jesus. Soldiers and Jesus. Again, uh, may you hear from God through this.
5: Daddy came home in a B 52 and a pine box covered in red, white, and blue. He was one of i right. One fights for my life, one fights for my soul. There's only two people who's ever died for me, live down the life of soul.
4: forward continue you know today you can't like Facebook if you're you got to go through the ads so that's just all part of the deal so same here at roundtable Uh, shameless plug um, we have to do a commercial Uh, we interrupt this program to bring you (laughs) (laughs) um, uh, uh, our book is out on Amazon Uh, they, they released it on Kindle for the soft launch um, and it is trending, uh, number one, in new releases uh, in our category, uh, actually a couple of them. And so um, if, uh, if you have it to give, uh, if you simply go uh, to Amazon, uh, and if you don't have Kindle, you probably ought to get that because you can actually read books on Kindle. Um, Can't color in them, but you can read them. Uh, And you can't eat the crayons on Kindle, but but if you go and just download it and kind of glance through it, you don't have to read it all, but just scroll through it and and then go write a review uh, for our book, that would be uh, helpful. Uh, So uh, we're excited uh, as I was listening to that, Zach Williams and Dolly Parton song, um, There Was Jesus. Our book is...
3: any such thing. I just don't believe in atheists. But I do believe in men that have been beat up, abused by religion, um, parental rigidity, whatever, that leads you to believe that God doesn't exist or that you don't need Jesus. And I am so, so grateful. Um, that I can proclaim Jesus as a friend, and I know that he has chosen me. Pick up your pen. Let's go to work. I have three questions for you, and I kind of want to uh, combine these questions um, um, all at once. So I want you to consider this. I want you to write down, what do you really love? Three things. Now, I'm going to assume that you're going to write Jesus because you're kind of like Johnny in Sunday school. You know, what has four legs, a fuzzy tail, climbs trees, and eats nuts? And Johnny looks at the Sunday school teacher. Of course, it's a woman, you know, and he looks at uh, the Sunday school teacher and he says, Jesus. Because <laughs> in Sunday school, the answer is always Jesus. So I'm going to assume that you're at Men's Roundtable, and you know that the right answer is Jesus. Okay, we'll just assume that. But I want you to write down three things that you love besides Jesus. Three things. What comes to your mind? Tacos, you know, football. George said amen. Amen. I said definitely. It's a definitely, yeah. Whatever. Three things that you love really love? What comes to your mind? Just free association. And that might be something interesting to tell your wife. Well, on second thought, maybe not. Second question, what would what would make me believe you really love that? If you and I are having coffee, <laughs> convince me that you really love No. You don't. You don't love that. What would, what would make me believe you really love and then, and then finally, the third question, how would you get me to love that? How would you bring me to the dark side? <laughs> how would you do that? You love Tennessee. I don't well, dark this week,
0: I don't this yeah. week. I do.
4: You're not going to convince me. No. <laughs> That'd be dark. a hard sell. Huh? I think, you know, even when we talk about love, um, you know, it's one of those concepts uh that we maybe ought to think deeper about, right? I don't know if we think about it a whole lot. You know? I love my truck, right? But, but, but what is love? And, and even when we think of Jesus, oftentimes we kind of have this kind of manby pamby just love everybody, love oh, God is love, 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 love. But, but what does it really mean? I mean, you know, 1 Corinthians 13 gives us a definition of what love really is. You know, love is hard. To love somebody that's unlovable, you know, I, I don't know about your wife, but there's days, times, moments. My wife ain't easy to love, right? I don't, I don't, I, we don't even like each other sometimes. but but I love her deeply, I choose to love. Love is a choice. It ain't a feeling. And part of all of this is really beginning to think deeper about a lot of things, but certainly what does it mean to love someone and to be loved by another? You know, Phil, you mentioned kind of the atheist and so many guys that I've talked to over the years. It's not an intellectual thing, right? It's always an emotional, relational issue. Either a terrible father, a terrible pastor, uh, or a church environment where it was just toxic. And I mean, all you got to do is just start scratching the surface. You know, he thinks he's intellectual, uh, but he's so out of touch with his emotions because he's shut them off. Uh, he, he shut everything out, mm-hmm. even the creator of the universe. How can you look around <laughs> and just not believe that there's something bigger than ourselves? I mm-hmm. um, mentioned this book. Uh, this book's called The Lucky Life, The Backwards Beatitudes by Skip Mowen. And he kind of takes the Beatitudes and kind of flips it in our traditional way that we even think about it. I don't know. Go read it if you like to have different perspectives and think about things deeper. If not, I'll read this part. Uh, Sometimes the clergy were the persecutors. They took every opportunity to inflict great religious burdens on God's children. They demanded perfect compliance to the religious <coughs> system Traditions and interpretations, they reconstructed righteousness as a measure of achievement. In the process, they inflicted harm upon God's message of grace. Their insistence on the practice of human self-worth literally made war with God. And those who did not conform to their demands were driven away with proclamations of religious revenge. There was Jesus. The very people whose desperate cry precipitated the response of God were being driven away from God's free gift of right standing by the religiously correct. This should give us great concern today. Consider your own religious environment. It might be helpful to take paper and pen and write down all of the expectations, rules, and regulations that govern your relationship with God. Is your worship governed by an expected structure? Is your giving constrained by the stewardship committee or the offering envelopes? Or even your own debate in your head about who owns what? Are your social behaviors driven by the need for religious approval? Who determines your style of prayer or your hymns of praise? Or the clothes you wear or the cut of your hair? Unfortunately, it's not just the religious application that persecutes. Matthew 23, 4. And they tie up heavy loads and lay them on men's shoulders. But they themselves are unwilling to move them with so much as a pen Something to think about.
3: Purpose for life. What's your purpose? Where you gain purpose? And I think purpose is found relationally. Love Jesus. Let Him be Himself with you. Mm -hmm. I understand that even that phrase may seem abstract to you. Um, I'm, I'm certainly growing in my understanding of that, but I would say that that phrase is, have, is for years becoming increasingly more of a reality. Let him be himself with you. Sadly, for too many of us, the Jesus that we know is too religious to love, too distant to experience, or too rigid to be a source of love. Hebrews 13, 8 says, Jesus doesn't change. He's always totally himself. And I would say, you know, uh, he's always there. He's always there in the dark room and in the light room. Uh, and he's not afraid to take us through hard times um, because he'll walk with us through those. Having Jesus, proclaiming Jesus as the purpose for your life, kind of going back to those three questions, number one, love Jesus. It's the first and greatest commandment. In your prayer, how how often do you simply pray, I love you? It's the idea of practicing love. You know, you don't want to be like the old farmer that married Myrtle and he said, you know, Myrtle? I told you that I love you the day we married you, uh, the, the, the day I married you, and if anything changes, I'll let you know. They've been married 50 years. <laughs> Good luck, Myrtle. <laughs> you know? It's like love, Jesus. Look at John 15. I love this passage. We, uh, <laughs> Those of you that have been to deer camp, we don't be at deer camp this weekend, uh, we we. Close out our time on Friday by reading, uh, I mean on uh, Sunday, by reading uh, John 15. Look at John 15, verse 5. John 15. I'm the vine. This is Jesus speaking, of course. I'm the vine. You're the branches. When you're joined with me and I with you, the relation, intimate and organic, not forced, not religious, but intimate and organic. I realize as men, we're fighting a learning curve a lot of times when that word intimacy comes up. You know, as we've said many, many times, we're not talking about sex when the word intimacy comes up, but it's about intimacy, intimacy, to to know and to be known by Jesus, intimate and organic, the harvest, fruitfulness, Is sure to be abundant. And then and then catch this. I hate this. (coughs) And I love this. (coughs) Separated. You can't produce a thing. Not true. Not true. Oh yeah, true. No, let me read that again. Separated. You can't produce a thing. No. Doesn't a sense of rebellion come up in you, or maybe I'm the only hippie in the room? You know, Uh, I mean, I'm I'm at Woodstock. Every time I read that, it's like, you know, let love reign, you know, whatever feels good, do it. And if you try to put uh, an authoritative fence around me, I'm going to break it down. Separate it. Jesus, you can't produce a thing. Anyone who separates from me is dead wood gathered up and thrown on the bonfire but if you make yourselves at home with me and my words are at home in you you can be sure that whatever you ask would be listened to and acted upon this is how my father shows who he is when you pr- uh, become uh, fruitful produce grapes when you mature if you mature when you grow up as my disciples love Jesus dear Jesus I love, you. I love you.
4: I think it's it's just so important to wrap our heads around this idea that, that Jesus really loves us. Um, the, the thing that I believe separates us from him is is our self-loathing, how we judge ourselves how we don't administer the grace and the love that's offered to us through Jesus. And we walk around believing somehow that I'm not worthy of that. I'm not good enough for that. I don't deserve that. And all of that is toxic shame from our past, the things that we've done, the thoughts that we have. All of those things work against us to separate us from the source of life. And and I believe that the the number one step in loving Jesus, I've got to I've got to love myself. I've got to wake up in the morning and look in the mirror and like man, I like that guy. Right? Instead of some kind of false humility, or some kind of shame message that says, no, no, I don't deserve it. His mercies are new every morning. Maybe walking with God is more like Groundhog Day than somehow I'm going to arrive in the Maybe it's His mercies are new every day. And maybe he's got grace for that. Mm. We don't believe it. Because mm. mm. we've been told a lot of things that are set against that in
3: some way.
0: I'll
3: well, just to affirm what Ron is saying. You know, the, the, the mental image uh, that I have is when you wake up in the morning and you. Uh, wouldn't it be great if we woke up every morning and if we experience Jesus the way we would certainly hope that our babies will experience us? You know, you know hey sweetheart, hey little man, you know, I love you. You're welcome to the day, and not wake up with guilt or dread or somehow shame for what we didn't do or need to do for the day. But Jesus, thank you for welcoming me into the day. And so the second part is just sharing your life, Romans 12, 1 and 2, tease that out, write that out. I, don't, I, I won't take the time um, to read that, but the idea of Romans 12 and 2, and I love how Eugene Peterson translates it in the message. He just talks about, Sharing your everyday life with Jesus, a living sacrifice. It, it's the idea of, of communion every day, not a performance, but a welcomed, grace oriented experience that hopefully you give your kids. And that is exactly what Jesus mm-hmm. gives us. It will receive that. Welcome into the day. Welcome. And then finally, if, if I really have Jesus as the purpose of my life, then I want you to know my Jesus. <clears throat> Turn over to Revelation chapter 12. This is a powerful marine Jesus type picture, I believe. I mean, you know, the book of Revelation is so full of imagery, um, and there's this idea of war and in the context of war the beauty of Jesus revelation chapter 12 verse 7 war broke out in heaven michael and the angels fought the dragon the dragon and his angels fought back but were no match for michael steven spielberg get a handle on this you know mm-hmm. give us the pictorial of this they were cleared out of heaven not a sign of them left the great dragon ancient serpent the one called devil and Satan, the one who led the whole earth astray, thrown out and all his angels thrown out with him, thrown down to earth. God wins. God wins. And then I heard a strong voice. I heard the voice of God. Out of heaven say, salvation and power are established. Kingdom of our God. Authority of His Messiah, Jesus. The accuser of our brothers and sisters thrown out who accused them day and night before God. In verse 11, I absolutely love this. makes goosebumps right up my back. Listen to verse 11. They, who defeated him? They, we, the army of God. They defeated him through the blood of the Lamb and what? The bold word. Of their witness, they weren't in love with themselves. They were willing to die for Christ. Now, in your study Bible, it says because of the word of their testimony, they did not love their life, their own life. What are you willing to die for? What would you die for?
4: Yeah, it's like what are you afraid of? Yeah, right? Mm -hmm. The word of your testimony. You tell your story. Mm -hmm. The good, the bad, the ugly. Mm
0: -hmm.
4: You get that stuff healed. Mm -hmm. Confess Mm -hmm. your sins one to another. Tell your story. Confess your hurts, your habits, your hangups one to Mm -hmm. another so that you may be healed,
0: Mm
4: right? Right? And then the next part of that verse, the prayers of a righteous man are powerful and effective. So what is a righteous man? Somebody that's confessing, living a confessional life, not hiding, not keeping secrets, not wallowing in your shame. Open, free, carefree. It's just like our book, (laughs) Go read my story. Mm -hmm. Google my name on the internet. I'm like, it's my story. I I don't want to say I don't have any shame, but it is what it is. I live in reality. And God's given grace for that. That's covered, Mm -hmm. all that stuff. And I ain't arrived. (laughs) He hadn't either. Mm -hmm. It's like, man. It's a battle. It's a war every stinking day, and you're not going to make it on your own.
3: So we want to close our time this morning. You can see that last slide there, you know I invite you to, to work through um, the rest of the outline. And, um Ron, share with us Brennan Manning's. Uh, yeah,
4: this is just a, about a three-minute video. Uh, Brennan Manning uh, speaking live at uh, Westmont College Uh, or Woodcrest, but Brennan Manning was a Catholic priest, and Brennan Manning struggled with alcoholism until the day he died, Uh, and he is one of the best speakers, authors, uh, godly man. What is a godly man? Guy that just tells the truth about himself and why, and this was um, him speaking, uh, and I believe that this little clip is one of those things you ought to download uh play it every morning uh when you wake up
0: Mm -hmm. because
4: i believe that this is the word that god has for us every morning Mm
1: -hmm. in the 48 years I was first ambushed by jesus in a little chapel in the allegheny mountains of western pennsylvania and in literally the thousands of hours of prayer, meditation, silence, and solitude over those years, I am now utterly convinced that on judgment day, the Lord Jesus is gonna ask each of us one question and only one question. Did you believe that I loved you? That I desired you? That I waited for you day after day? that I long to hear the sound of your voice. The real believers there will answer, yes, Jesus, I believe in your love and I tried to shape my life as a response to it. But many of us who are so faithful in our ministry, in our practice, in our church going, are gonna have to reply, (coughs) well, frankly, no, sir. I mean, I never really believed it. I mean, I heard a a lot of wonderful sermons teachings about it in fact i gave quite a few myself but i always thought that was just a way of speaking a kindly lie some christian's pious pat on the back to cheer me on. and there's the difference between the real believers and the nominal christians that abandon our churches across the land no one can measure like a believer the depth and the intensity of God's love, but at the same time, no one can measure like a believer the effectiveness of our gloom, pessimism, low self-esteem, self-hatred, and despair that block God's way to us. Do you see why it is so important to lay hold of this basic truth of our faith? Because you're only gonna be as big as your own concept of God. Remember the famous line of the French philosopher, Blaise Pascal, God made man in his own image, and man returned the compliment. We often make God in our own image, and he won't have to be as fussy, rude, narrow-minded, legalistic, judgmental, unforgiving, unloving as we are. In the past couple of three years, I have preached the gospel to the financial community in Wall Street, New York City, the airmen and Woman of the Air Force Academy in Colorado Springs, a thousand physicians in Nairobi, I've been in churches in Bangor, Maine, Miami, Chicago, St. Louis, Seattle, San Diego, and honest, the God of so many Christians I meet is a God who is too small for me because he is not the God of the word. He is not the God revealed by and in Jesus Christ who this moment comes right to your seat and says, I have a word for you. I know your whole life story. I know every skeleton in your closet. I know every moment of sin, shame, dishonesty, and degraded love that has darkened your past. Right now, I know your shallow faith, your feeble prayer life, your inconsistent discipleship. And my word is this. I dare you to trust that I love you just as you are and not as you should be, because you're never going to be as you should be. For as
3: many as believed on him, to them he gave the right to become children of God, even to those who believe in him. The only way to experience forgiveness and eternal life is to put our faith in the man named Jesus, who died
2: for you and for you.
3: God, I thank you. I thank you for sending your son for me, my brothers. Thank you for choosing us. Thank you uh, for giving us enough understanding to be here this morning, bringing us here. Lord Jesus, we love you. I love you. Amen. Have a great week.